0: I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. This is the start of our Ron Howard theme month.
1: You know, I gotta say that I am gung-ho for this month. It's gonna be a splash.
0: Wow. I'm glad to hear it. So for our Ron Howard theme month, we thought we would cover kind of a diverse range of his.
1: Now this, this month's choice comes from The Beautiful Mind of Rob. Well, Ron and Howard, Howard basically is a talented... selected the And Rob, Rob, ha- Ron Howard is talented. Yeah, but Ron Howard is not your John Ford. He's not your Billy Wilder. He is a journeyman director. He doesn't have a particular style. He doesn't have, generally speaking, themes that he comes to all the time. He's he's more like a Mervyn Leroy or a Michael Curtiz. I think he does kind of have some of those. And
0: that's part of why we selected some of the movies we did this Mm. month. For reference, we're we're starting out tonight with Backdraft. This is our episode on the 1991 release, Backdraft. And then we're going to do the Mel Gibson starring Ransom. And then we're going to do Rush, which I also know you've never seen. Mm. And then end with his most recent Hillbilly Elegy.
1: I've seen none of the films we're going to be watching this month. Really? Yep.
0: Well, I've seen half of the films we're watching this month. So I've seen this one, and I've seen Rush before.
1: I looked through the filmography, directorial filmography of Ron Howard. There was, i want to say, 27 films in it, and I had seen 13 of them.
0: Yeah. Which, uh, do you recall any of the specifics? Obviously, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Apollo 13, A Beautiful Mind, Frost Nixon.
1: I've seen Splash, Willow... Now Backdraft, Far and Away, Apollo 13, The Grinch Stole Christmas, The Beautiful Mind, The Missing, Cinderella Man, The Da Vinci Code, Frost Nixon, Angels and Demons, Solo, A Star Wars Story, and Inferno.
0: Which one of those would you say is your favorite Ron Howard film?
1: Apollo 13, probably?
0: Yeah. Safe bet. I'm a big fan of that one.
1: Of course, Ron Howard was the rare child actor turned successful super successful he does. director producer yeah of course known from the Andy Griffith show and Happy Days and his daughter Bryce Dallas was a popular actress
0: yeah his brother is a working actor
1: yeah, his brother is his brother is his brother yeah and his father Rance also was, was an actor
0: oh yeah nice so this was the first time you've seen this movie mm-hmm. what are your first impressions
1: well, I've been aware of this movie since around the time it came out. It was a big deal when it came out in 1991. And I thought I thought I knew the twist of this movie, but it turns out I did not.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised and and I w- was going to ask when did you see the villain coming?
1: Well, it's it's it, it is telegraphed. It's pretty pretty telegraphed. At least at least the the misdirect is yeah. Like the misdirect it's almost like it couldn't have been that because it would have been too obvious.
0: Well, and if you are familiar with the movie, you know, the real villain is telegraphed fairly heavily. Yeah,
1: yeah I'll bet there is subtle things that you miss miss out because I didn't I didn't pick up on it until they basically said, This is the guy who's been doing it
0: Until he sees the the print of the plug on his back in the bathroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, quick plot overview. The simple synopsis is two Chicago firefighter brothers who don't get along have to work together while a dangerous arsonist is on the loose. So this movie stars Kurt Russell as Stephen McCaffrey, William Baldwin as Brian McCaffrey. That's our two brothers. Robert De Niro is Donald Ramgale, who is a arson investigator for the fire department.
1: City of Chicago.
0: Donald Sutherland plays an arson former arsonist Ronald Bartell. you have Jennifer Jason Lee playing Jennifer Vatkiss.
1: Williams Levitrist.
0: yeah Scott Glenn plays our villain John Adcox not
1: not Lance Reddick
0: yeah and then you have Rebecca De Mornay, who plays the wife of Mr. McCaffrey Kurt Russellster yeah and her name is Helen her character name is Helen McCaffrey you
1: have J.T. Walsh as the alderman
0: yeah who is also a quasi-villain and a personal favorite of mine, Jack McGee who plays Schmidt in this movie he's probably better known for things like Rescue Me which was a TV show on FX
1: also uh, about and a few other things
0: yeah. uh, he plays a firefighter a lot the only other person I was going to mention was Jason Gedrick who plays Tim Kr- Krisminsky, who more people nowadays would probably know as the villain in the first season of Bosch And he is a working actor. He's also been on Major Crimes and a bunch of other TV shows and things of that nature. Solid cast, but you have... The movie opens with the McCaffrey brothers at the firehouse where their father works. Back in
1: 1971.
0: Yeah. And Brian has never gone on a fire with his father and gets selected to go with them as they go to a fire. But it's an arson and his father saves another firefighter but is killed in the process. Brian is photographed holding his father's helmet, and it becomes a collectible Time magazine it, cover, Life magazine cover. And it Life. becomes
1: a Pulitzer Prize winner, and of course, i have not seen this before. I didn't know know that plot element, but as soon as they showed the cameraman taking the picture of the little boy holding his father's his dead father's fire hat helmet, I'm like, that guy's getting some awards. Yeah, turns out he got a Pulitzer and a Life cover.
0: Well fairly predictably both McCaffrey brothers become firefighters at different times but they both become firefighters and there's an arsonist who is setting a backdraft to fires that are What's killing people draft? off it's when a fire nearly burns itself out and as soon as because it consumes all the oxygen as soon as it gets its oxygen it basically explodes mm. so that's the underlying premise of this movie uh, and then we go into the fires and them trying to figure out eventually Brian McCaffrey goes to work with Robert De Niro's car- character Donald Rimgale investigating these arsons, trying to figure out who's, who's setting them they connect it to an alderman eventually and Walsh. Yeah, and it's, he and his friends were closing down firehouses and making money off of it but it resulted in the death of firefighters
1: and what did they close down these firehouses to turn them into? community centers because that is where the big capitalist bucks are Community centers.
0: For an alderman possibly, yeah. They they get their hooks They're in.
1: Bastion's of profit community yeah. centers. Yeah,
0: so what else were your were your first impressions on this?
1: Well, you heard me, cracking mm-hmm. Wise, uh, a fair But that's inconsistent. For the
0: film. Sometimes you do the mystery science theater treatment and you enjoy a film, and sometimes you do the mystery, mystery science theater treatment and you dislike a film very heavily.
1: Mm-hmm. You'll notice that the the jokes went down a lot in the last roughly a fourth. Because it was honestly the last, roughly a fourth, before this film really got me. Well, yeah, like that's where the action really that last fire sequence at the fire at the chemical plant, especially for the period, like that's spectacular, and that's all practical effects. Yeah,
0: exactly. There's no CG. Uh, That's all. You're
1: not going to see something like that again.
0: Probably not. No, I mean Michael Bay might try it, but there would be no way you would have stuntmen anywhere that near that, you know, close to it anymore. Um, I mean, those guys were right in amongst it. One thing you probably didn't notice—let me make sure I get this right—because I shut off the credits before it would have gotten to this. Kurt Russell, Kevin Casey, Scott Glenn, and William Baldwin did a lot of their own stunts. And stunt coordinator Walter Scott was so impressed by their performances, he listed them in the credits as stunt performers. Oh. Wow. So, yeah, just very hands-on, very direct. I mean, you'll think back to 1991. This was That was gutsy to do it like that. I mean, I want to make sure we're giving Ron Howard credit. I mean, that really was gutsy, and that would have been a very technical shoot and very difficult to do. So what other thoughts do you have?
1: Uh, well, I was... You know, that last fourth is something I was kind of bored throughout much of this movie. I thought it was dull. I, I thought it was pretty predictable. Again, I thought I knew that the, the end reveal was going to be that the older brother was setting these fires because he wanted to execute these people that were involved in the scheme to shut down other firehouses, which caused firemen to die as a consequence of that. Somehow that was never super Because difficult.
0: they didn't have the appropriate backup. Oh, yeah, that was the backup. Like when they needed another fire truck, it took too long to get there, and they either put their own lives at risk or didn't rescue people. Mm. So, a common firefighter complaint staffing levels
1: yeah, yeah you're not giving well, me very much here
0: I like this film I remember it when did from, you first see this film I, it was sometime in the 90s um, it probably would have been I mean I didn't see it in theaters so it was probably right after it's released to VHS hmm. or maybe it was DVD at that point That was still VHS days no, right no no
1: this is 91 release so yeah
0: So probably right after it's released to VHS. And I also remember it was a big deal when this got aired on TV for the first time. Mm. And I remember watching it on TV. So I watched it quite a few times through the the 90s. Probably at least five to ten times. The suspense, I thought that it was suspenseful. I liked the twist, you know, how it seemed to be setting you up. But at the same time, the twist of... Scott Glenn, John, John Adcox being the villain was well done uh, it builds tension I liked the, the interaction between Robert De Niro and William Baldwin as they try and work this out at the time I was a little bit more impressed by the relationship between Kurt Russell and William Baldwin yeah. uh, Stephen McCaffrey and Brian McCaffrey now it seems a little forced a yeah. little obvious the way I they think- were building it
1: You know, you you try to separate, when you can, separate yourself from all the years that have gone by from when a film was released. Try to put yourself uh, into the place at the time. And sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't. And this is one where I couldn't. Like, I, I do have a sense that this would have been a different viewing experience in 1991. Yeah. But I just feel like I've seen these kind of relationship things done better. I've seen... Again, the fire effects are really good. I don't, I don't think I've seen fire effects better than this. So I mean, that's something very much in the movie's favor. But the whole kind of slow, melodramatic arc and the conspiracy of the people trying to make money off and, of and
0: and the overplaying of the music, the
1: overplaying of the music. I mean, Hans Zimmer's score is not. It's, it's a very early '90s score. The last five minutes or so of the film, the, there's music the constantly. The yep. schlock of that, that, that conventions, that, that, that just—we are, we are, we are, unashamedly trying to just emotionally manipulate you to get an emotional reaction, and it including did the, the
0: faint on the death of Kurt Russell's character. Uh huh. You know where you expected it earlier, and then they held on just to build a little more yeah, drama. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and and the scene, the funeral, and and the John John Kennedy thing at the end with with the little boy with Kurt Russell's boy. It's just like man
0: <laughs> well you could tell that there's a few different shots in this movie where you're like man Ron Howard really likes to play that child actor thing yeah. you know for the dramatic effect well the early
1: scene where we see Brian as a boy and the actor they've cast freaking looks like Opie yeah i mean like like he basically cast who looks like me because yeah. this this is my surrogate
0: yeah but i mean it's it's hard to argue with the execution in the end especially given a lot of the technical elements yeah. of this I mean, I, I can't imagine how you would shoot this differently uh, to cut it better with all of the fire effects built into it, it's, and especially with the proximity that the actors need to be in.
1: On a technical level, this is very well done. It's a very well-executed mediocre movie. Okay. This was nominated for three Oscars, are you familiar with... I'm going to say Best Special Effects.
0: Okay. And Score, maybe... So Best Effects Sound Effects Editing, Okay. Yeah, yeah. Best Effects Visual Effects, uh-huh. and then Best Sound.
1: Best Sound. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's a technical awards because that's where this film excelled. Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. It did not win any of those awards, but those were the three Oscars that it was nominated for.
1: It was a, quite a successful film. Big deal. Yeah. It, it, it was 91. a big
0: budget film.
1: Uh, Forty million dollar budget. It made hundred and fifty-two point four million dollars the box office. Worldwide
0: gross, yeah. Worldwide gross. Its domestic gross was uh, in the box office was just under seventy-eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. So it made money domestically and foreignly, and in the foreign market, this guaranteed had to make money on
1: Well VHS
0: VHS and then rentals you. and then the TV deals. When,
1: I I don't know if you remember when you first saw it on TV. Was it on a network or was it on cable? It was on the network. Because this seems like the kind of thing back in the day that a network would spend a bunch of money for their Sunday night movie because they kn- knew it would bring in a huge audience. I want to
0: say it was around 94 or 95 that it mm. aired on a network. For, it was the first time it aired on TV and it aired on a network. And then it seemed like it aired
1: a whole bunch. That's something you're never going to see again. Is, is a, a that big theatrical, theatrical film getting its television debut on a Sunday night at the movies.
0: I kind of... In some ways, I kind of miss that element. Of yeah, that. you know that you used to especially get that through ABC and the Disney property. Yeah, you know, but it's just
1: not worth it for the networks to spend that kind of money anymore. You I would mean, think
0: they could get it for and maybe not quite as much money now because of the availability because, of options. Yeah, and because that there are, but it would draw generally so many owned people.
1: by big studios yeah. or by companies that own big studios. Well, so I mean,
0: any Universal release would go to NBC. Yeah, so and
1: Paramount to CBS and so of course Disney to
0: yeah. NBC. But now they're all pushing them all to their own streaming services,
1: but... There's an interesting divide, if we want to go into critical... Sure. ...between the critics and the average Joes, or the Metacritics, because this film's Rotten Tomatoes rating is 74%, while its Metacritic is a mere 38%. Yeah.
0: I'm showing the same Metacritic, but on IMDb it doesn't get quite as high of a rating. Its aggregate score on IMDb is just 6.7 stars. Mm Mm-hmm. I expected it to be a little bit higher, but not substantially.
1: I don't. Even though this was a big film at the time, I don't think this is a film that people revisit. Like, if you were born after nineteen ninety one, I don't think you've seen this film by a much.
0: I don't know that I could disagree with you, but
1: it's not. It's not like yeah. a classic. Like, I, I don't know if anybody who has a big sentimental attachment to this. Film.
0: I have seen this in the two thousands. I'm not sure that I've seen it past maybe. Two thousand six or something like that. I mean, it's probably... I mean, it ha- I know it's been over a decade since I've it's, seen it.
1: It's like a fire. It burned brightly and then
0: it went out. Wow. there. Wow. A lot of the extras in this movie are actual Chicago firefighters. They put out a casting call to the fire department prior to starting the filming of the film. And then that funeral procession, that was... Most of the people in that were suburban firefighters that participated in that. Mm. So they could have a lot of bodies for that. And then... Talking about technicality, to draw audiences into the intensity of a real fire, a cameraman was outfitted with a fireproof suit and wandered through the flames with ha- with a handheld with handheld cameras. Casting things, if you had to pick an alternate casting for the the role of Brian McCaffrey, I think you were you hinting
1: pick? at things, and I might have inadvertently stumbled on this. Yeah,
0: did you? Go ahead. Refresh me. Brad Pitt. Oh, was, Brad Pitt. They were looking at casting him for it. Hmm. He lost out on the role of Brian McCaffrey to William Baldwin, who who then had to be released from his contract to play the small part of J D and Thelma and Louise that was also released in nineteen ninety one and that was recast with Brad Pitt and stuff. Oh.
1: They did a they did a switchies.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you got much more else to add on this? No. How would you rate this film?
1: I am on the cusp between two and two and a half stars. I think I'm maybe two yeah, I'm gonna give it five on the ten star scale.
0: Wow, that's a little bit lower than I expected. I would actually give this the two and a half on the four star scale. I don't think it really warrants a three. You know how I l- yeah, dislike yeah. giving the half stars, but two star seems seems a little too low, and I would probably give this around seven stars on the yeah. ten star scale. I can
1: see me going to two and a half and six. It's it's really kind of in between. I'm, I mean,
0: it's not an unenjoyable. No, yeah,
1: but I don't I don't think. I don't think I'm ever going to see it again. I don't think I care to see it again. I, I don't think it really had anything of heft that it added to my cinematic experiences other than that fire sequence at the end.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, Which has be been over. replicated in other movies. Ladder 49 has a similar sequence. Mm-hmm. I mean, not as much like the rupturing things, but it has the warehouse fire scene. You,
1: you know, know, things of that nature. We were joking a little bit about, about a sequel to this film. There, there actually is a sequel, is a sequel to yeah. this film. There is a back yeah, too. Backdraft 2. There is a Backdraft 2. And i the only cast carryover is Donald Sutherland playing that arsonist again. And I know nothing about this film, but I want it to be about that little kid at the Holy his dad's at the end. I want it to be the third generation of McCaffety's.
0: I know I've seen Backdraft 2, but it's been a long time and I remember basically nothing about it, so mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Well, that's only like a 2019 release. Is Ron, it really? Yeah, though Ron Howard himself actually did a kind of sequel to this many years later. Did he? Yeah, Inferno.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow.
1: Wait, you've seen Angels and
0: Demons, haven't you? I have, yeah, yeah. Isn't that a Ron Howard?
1: Yeah, yeah. All the uh yeah. All Yeah, you Dan didn't list Brown, those in your... All the de- yeah, yeah, Angels okay. and Demons and Da Vinci Code. I didn't Inferno. touch
0: that when you listed your Ron, Ron Howard titles, so... Yeah, anything else to add on this one? That is all I have to say. Come on, about you had that. jokes all day. Come on. I know
1: it's like I was like that. He made a movie called The Missing. Can I work The Missing into some kind of a kind of a joke? I couldn't. Well, One it was day.
0: funny because you were cracking Ron Howard jokes, and I made a Kurt Russell joke, and it, it sat there for head. like twenty yeah. seconds before. <laughs>
1: you're like, Kurt Russell's acting is just overboard in this. I'm like, really? You think so? Oh.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, I'm Rob, and I'm Nate, and this is Rob and Nate Record a podcast. You were cracking jokes all night. I was. And then suddenly... I don't know. Crickets. they
1: worked its way out of my system. Or should I say cicadas? Cicadas. Yeah. They're, they're the end-tripping bug right now. Yeah.
0: You remember those from... Yeah.
1: Vaguely, yeah.
0: You don't remember it very A well? A little bit. You don't remember being kept up at night by him?
1: No, no. I don't remember that.
0: Yeah. Well... Granted, I was the one with sleeping problems. I,
1: I, what I remember is um, fireflies sitting in windshields and how it, gl- <laughs> and it, it, it would, would glow for a minute. <laughs> yeah. And then at certain theaters they would have someone run down the aisle screaming fire. <laughs> I might have to edit that too. But old, only, only if it were crowded. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Three. Two
0: one. That was a dick move while I'm drinking.